And welcome to our class this week. Indeed, we are the children of God, and he has a place prepared for us. I'm your instructor, Dr. D. Todd Harrison, as we come before the Lord this day to seek his will, to listen to his spirit as he instructs us in this class this day through the Doctrine and Covenant section 93. And of that same Lord and God, I testify that I know him, he knows me, and of him I testify to you. He lives today. He rose from the dead on the third day in accordance with all the holy prophecies of Holy Scripture. He sits at the Father's right hand in majesty and glory. I testify that he is our Lord, our God, and our King. Welcome this day. We're glad you're here. We pray for you every day. We're so grateful that you're taking time out to come before the Lord and to to let him see that the intent of your hearts to listen to his word, to learn what you need at this point in time in your lives to become more better children of his, to become more better children of God and continue to live in such a way and to learn the things you need to learn to receive that place that he has prepared uh, for us in his eternal mansions above. And of that prophet Joseph Smith, I testify that he indeed was a prophet of God, that he was foreordained from before the foundations of this world to come forth in our own day, in these latter days in preparation of the fulfillment of scripture to bring forth the restoration of the gospel. Because of the restoration of the gospel, we now have the authority to baptize on earth and have that baptism sealed in heaven. We have the ability to repent. We have the ability to receive all the blessings God has prepared for us because we now have the authority of the priesthood that has the sealing power to seal and bind on earth and to have it blessed and be sealed in heaven. Let's look this week. We're going to look at the Doctrine and Covenants, uh, section 93, and this wonderful great doctrine and great truths of God's kingdom in these verses again today. And let's go ahead and uh, begin our class on section 93 and verse 1. Verily thus saith the Lord, Ko Amar Adonai, it shall come to pass that every soul who forsaketh his sins and cometh unto me and calleth on my name and obeyeth my voice and keepeth my commandments shall see my face and know that I am. What a mighty promise of scripture. A lot of people don't understand the true significance, the true wonder of this blessing of God. Uh, they think that somehow this may only pertain to the next life when they die. Prophet Joseph Smith, other prophets and apostles such as Elder Bruce R. McConkie have taught very clearly that this verse of scripture pertains to this life, why you dwell in mortality, that the great promise of God is to all those who do those following things, that forsake their sins, that come unto him, that call on his name, and obeys his voice, and keepeth his commandments, 
shall see his face prior to the day that they are appointed unto death and know while they live in mortality that he is. What a mighty, marvelous blessing. You need to have the faith to obtain such a promise and you need to go forth and do those things. And then this is the great promise of God. You will see his face while you dwell here in this life. Before you die, you will see Jesus face to face and know that he is. Verse two, and that I am the true light that lighteth every man that cometh un into the world. Great Jehanine theology of Jesus being the light. And marvelous, that book of the, the Gospel of John in the New Testament. Uh, we will be looking at that uh, scripture as well as the New Testament in the uh, year 2023. As we get to close to the end of 2021, we're getting ready to do the Old Testament in 2022. The uh, following year will be the New Testament. So keep uh, keep that in mind, and we'll see a lot of great things about Jesus Christ that year. Okay, let's move on now to verse 6. And he talks about John here, the Apostle John, and, and John the Baptist. And uh, he says, And John saw and bore record of the fullness of my glory. And the fullness of John's record is hereafter to be revealed. So we don't yet have his full record. The promises that his record will be revealed to us once we've kept the commandments and been and are entitled to receive such a blessing. Then he goes on here to quote some of the record. And he bore record saying, I saw his glory that he was in the beginning before the world was. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God, the same as the beginning with God. Often, you know, you, everyone knows that the logos, the uh, the in the first uh, eighteen verses of the Gospel of John. Therefore, in the beginning, the word was, for he was the word, even the messenger of salvation, the light and redeemer of the world, the Spirit of truth, who came into the world, because the world was made by him, and in him was the life and light and the life of man and the light of man. The worlds were made by him. Man were made by him. All things were made by him and through him and of him. He was not just the savior of those who lived in his day. He was not only the savior of those who lived in the days of Abraham or only in the days of David or only in the days of Solomon are only the days of the first century A.D. He is the savior of the worlds without number. All the generations of mankind who have lived on this earth and who live now and who are yet to, uh, to live on this earth, all these worlds, all these generations of man, are you know, he's the savior, all of them, and he created uh, the world for them. And he, uh, you know, and, and all these things is what, he, what he's talking about here. And uh, verse 11, and I, John, bear record that I beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, even the spirit of truth, which came and dwelt in the flesh and dwelt among us. Those who have ears to hear, let him or her hear what the spirit saith to them. Let's read that again. There's some mighty, deep, beautiful doctrine in there. 
For those you prepared spiritually, you can have the Holy Ghost right now speak to your minds and into your hearts and reveal the great glorious truth that this verse of scripture is talking about. And I, John, bear record that I beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, even the spirit of truth which came and dwelt in the flesh and dwelt among us. I hope those of you who are righteous and have listened by the Holy Ghost just received that revelation as to what that verse is talking about. Going forward, and I in verse 12, and I, John, saw that he received not of the fullness at first, but received grace for grace. So when Jesus Christ came and dwelt in the flesh, he was not perfect yet, right? He lived a sinless life, but he wasn't perfect. Paul talks about this in the book of Hebrews, that through the things that he suffered throughout his life in mortality, he became perfect. So while he was sinless, he wasn't perfect. People who, you know, you, you hear people stand up and say Christ was the only perfect being on earth. He wasn't perfect. He was sinless. Because he was sinless, he could atone for our sin, but he wasn't perfect until after the the his death and crucifixion. Through the things that he suffered, is what Paul teaches in the book of Hebrews, he became perfect. He received, and that's what the verses here talking about. Received grace by grace by grace. He he didn't have the fullness at first when he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. He received grace for grace as he continued to keep the commandments, hearken to the voice and will of the Father, and carry out his will uh, for his life. Then he became perfect through the process of mortality and through the things that he suffered. And so do we become perfect as we go through those same steps of not receiving a fullness of first, receiving grace by grace as we keep the commandments, ever progressing, getting closer and closer to becoming like Jesus Christ or our Father in heaven. And received not of the fullness of first, but continued from grace to grace until he received the fullness, until he became perfected or perfect, as the book of Hebrews talks about. He wasn't perfect when he was born. He wasn't perfect during his ministry, but as he went through his life, living a sinless life, he was the only sinless person who ever lived on the earth. He became perfect by keeping the commandments and growing from grace to grace, received a fullness, became perfect, one and the same, receiving a fullness and becoming perfect is one and the same. Okay, and thus he was called, in verse 14, the son of God because he received not of the fullness at the first. And Christ is our great example of how to live our lives, how to grow from grace to grace, keeping the commandments throughout our whole life. And 15, and I, John, bear record, and lo, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove. So after being baptized and came back out, the Holy Ghost descended in the form of a dove, descended upon him, sat upon him and came a voice out of heaven, the voice of the heavenly father saying, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. And I, John, bear record that he received a fullness of the glory of the father. So he wasn't at first, but he received a fullness of the father. He became perfect like the father. We can also 
grow grace by grace until we be, receive a fullness or become perfect as he is perfect or as the Father in heaven is perfect. He also taught this doctrine in Matthew 5.48 and in 3 Nephi. Where in Matthew 5.48, he says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect because he himself was not yet perfect at that point. Again, he was sinless. He never committed sin, but he wasn't perfect yet because he was going through this process of grace by grace, becoming perfected. So that then in 3 Nephi, after having suffered through his life, suffered through the pains and, and the trials of, of mortality, uh, having risen from the dead and been crucified for the sins of the world, then he can say to the third, three uh, to the Nephites and third Nephi, "Be therefore perfect as either I or your Father in heaven is perfect." Because then he was perfected after the things that he suffered in mortality. He was not yet at that state in Matthew five forty eight. He gained that state by the time he preached the sermon in third Nephi. Okay, and he says here, and he received all power. So Jesus Christ received all power, both in heaven and on earth. He says that to his uh, disciples in the New Testament, after he rose from the dead. He said, now I have a, all power in heaven and in earth, right? And the glory of the Father was with him, for he dwelt in him. And it shall come to pass that if you are faithful, you shall receive the fullness of the record of John. Imagine what other wonderful things will be in this uh, great record uh, from this uh, mighty prophet, John. I give unto you these sayings that you may understand and know how to worship and know what you worship, that you may come unto the Father in my name and in due time receive of his fullness or become perfected uh, yourselves. And um, he says, and to know what you worship, what kind of God you worship what his characteristics are. That's the true, that's the first principle of revealed re religion to know the character of God, as the prophet Joseph Smith taught. For if ye keep my commandments, you shall receive of his fullness, growing grace by grace, and be glorified in me, become perfected in me, Jesus Christ, as I am perfected in my Father. Therefore I say unto you, you shall receive grace for grace. And now, verily, I say unto you, I was in the beginning with the Father and am the firstborn. Now, we're going to start to open up a great new revelation here, great new doctrinal teaching. The only, church, the only church that has such knowledge is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Jesus Christ's own church that he has told dozens and dozens of times in these Doctrine and Covenants sections that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is his church. It's his only true and living church upon the face of the earth. It's his only church that receives revelation from God. Therefore, Jesus Christ calling it the living church. Therefore, it's entitled to receive the higher mysteries, the higher intelligence and the wonders and, and, and revelations of God. And so that's what we're going to get to here. Jesus Christ was in the beginning with the Father and he's the firstborn. We're about to see what that means going on here. And all those who are begotten through me are partakers of the glory of the same and are the church of the firstborn. 23. Ye were also in the beginning with the Father. That which is spirit 
even the spirit of truth. And then he goes down in here in verse 29, and then we'll go back to the other verses. Man was also in the beginning with God. Intelligence or the light of truth was not created or made or indeed can be. So what he's getting at here is he says, I, Jesus Christ, was in the beginning with the Father. You, mankind, were also in the beginning with the Father. That as intelligences or the spirit of truth, you existed forever and ever and ever. There was never a day or a time in which you did not exist. You existed forever in eternity past. You exist now. You will always exist as these as an intelligence or spirit of truth. Now, what do we learn here about intelligence, spirit of truth? It says here in verse 30, all truth is independent in that sphere in which God has placed it to act for itself as all intelligence also. Otherwise, there is no existence. Behold, here is the agency of man. Mankind has always had free agency. This was not something that the Heavenly Father came up with an idea to give mankind a free agency, you know, in, in the spirit world. This principle has always existed. You always existed as an intelligent spirit of truth. You had the decision to make decisions to make for yourselves how you would act. For a very long period, forever and ever, ever, never was there a time in which you were not an intelligence. At some point in time, our Heavenly Father then decided to make us into, as his spirit, children. So he took what was an intelligence, who could think and act for itself, and he turned it into a spirit child of his. So then we became spirit children of God. As spirit children of God, we lived with our Heavenly Father for a very long period as well until the point came that we had grown and advanced and grown grace by grace to the point that in order to continue to progress, it was time for us to come to the earth to receive our mortal bodies, to then gain new experiences living by faith outside of the Heavenly Father's presence uh, to so that we could then gain these kind of opportunities to grow grace by grace until we become perfected or receive the fullness of God. So what he's saying back here in 21, that he was in the beginning with the Father. Jesus Christ existed as an intelligence ever since the time the Heavenly Father existed as an intelligence. Mankind also exists as, an, as intelligences, from the point of time in which God himself was an intelligence. Then he developed and created us into his spirit children. We lived until we came to the earth and it took up our mortal bodies. This is a great, beautiful doctrine, only possessed by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. No other church has knowledge of this. No other church teaches these doctrines. These doctrines are true. Beautiful principles, beautiful intelligence, and tr eternal truths of God. And 24, and truth is knowledge of things as they are, as they were, and to come. And whatsoever is more or less than this is the spirit of that wicked one who was a liar from the beginning. 
the spirit of truth is of God. I am the spirit of truth. And John bore record of me, Jesus Christ, saying him. He received a fullness of truth, yea, even of all truth. And no man receiveth a fullness unless he keepeth his commandments. You cannot receive a fullness unless you're keeping the commandments. He that keepeth his commandments receiveth truth and light until he is glorified in truth and knoweth all things. Okay, then we looked at already 29 and 30 and uh, 31 here. We looked at the first part of it. Let's continue. Behold, here is the agency of man, and here is the condemnation of man, because that which was from the beginning is plainly manifest unto them, and they receive not the light. So Lot still will reject the light of God and, and decide that they don't want to receive the fullness of his glory, that they don't want to receive his blessings. They only want a partial part of his blessings, or they don't want blessings at all. And every man whose spirit receiveth not the light is under condemnation. You're either blessed or cursed. That's the message of the Old Testament, the Moses' farewell, farewell discourse. If you do these things, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be cursed this way. The blessing or cursing, life or death. Um, it's either or, no neutral ground, no neutrality. For man is spirit, in 33, the elements are eternal, and spirit and element inseparably connected receive a fullness of joy. So only when your body is resurrected and inseparably connects with your spirit, for your spirit to, for, for your body never to die again, your spirit will never leave your body again, only then can you have this fullness of joy. And when separated, when the body and the spirit are separated, when mankind die and the spirit leaves the mortal body to go to either paradise or spirit prison or hell until await the resurrection, when they shall be resurrected, at that point in time, they cannot have a fullness of joy. The elements are the tabernacle of God. Man is the tabernacle of God, even temples. And whatsoever temples defiled, God shall destroy that temple. He's designed our bodies as temples of the of God. The Holy Spirit can come and dwell in us, but only if we take good care of our, our bodies. We should be eating right. We should be getting exercise. We should be, you know, doing the things that keeps it a beautiful uh, tabernacle or temple of God so His Spirit can come and dwell in us. We should, uh, you know, be uh, uh, bathing and keeping our bodies clean and, and, and so forth as well. Okay, in 36, the glory of God is intelligence, or in other words, light and truth. The most simple basic thing that determines the difference between God and man is intelligence. He's far more intelligent than we are. And there's a lot of scriptures in the Pearl Great Price and, and other scriptures where he teaches this doctrine that his, his glory is intelligence. He's more intelligent than us. Light and truth forsake that evil one. 38, every spirit of man was innocent in the beginning. And God, having redeemed man from the fall, man became again in their infant state innocent before God. Because of the redemption of, of the Jesus Christ um, and through his atonement and mankind's redemption, uh, we are innocent again before God. We're not cursed for Adam's transgressions. 
Uh, we are innocent before God until we sin and, and start to live apart from his will for our lives. 39, and that wicked one cometh and taketh away light and truth through disobedience from the children of men and because of the tradition of their fathers. That's one of his best techniques, one of his best strategies that has worked so well for him, the traditions of the fathers. He knows if your parents, if the parents teach their children false, incorrect doctrines, they will have a greater uh, chance that they will believe their parents and accept what their parents told them as as, as gospel truth, and then they'll pass it on those false doctrines unto their children, and on and on and on, generation to generation. That's how the apostasy of the Christian church took place. He started to introduce these false doctrines starting in the New Testament times, where the apostles are combating and fighting against these false heresies and false doctrines already creeping up in the church in the New Testament times. Then he passed that on generation after generation. Soon he created these uninspired uh, councils that had no prophets, no apostles to receive revelation from God, to create their own God in their own image. That was a, a, not the biblical God, not the God that the Bible testifies and teaches of. And then they passed that false Trinity concept, that false doctrine on to their generations on and on and on. And that's how he brought about uh, 2,000 years of apostasy and Christian heresy. He says, I've commanded you in verse 40 to bring up your children in light and truth. He wants us to teach the true doctrine, to, to teach the true gospel to our children. That's how you grow the gospel in purity and wholeness and help spread it throughout the world. Okay, so now he goes on here and he, uh, and while calling Frederick G. Williams and Sidney Rigdon and Joseph Smith his servants, Again, testifying that they indeed were his servants, that he gave them the power and authority of God to preach the gospel in his name. Nevertheless, he, he condemns them and says that they are not teaching their children the right things. They don't have their house in order. And so he reprimands them. And, uh, and uh, he says, even in uh, Joseph Smith here in 47, then now, verily, I say unto Joe Smith, Jr., you have not kept the commandments and must needs stand rebuked before the Lord. But the, in, the great thing was at the um, uh, right here, let's see, in verse 45. Verily, I say unto my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr., again, testifying Joseph Smith, was his servant, was his prophet. Or in other words, I will call you friends, for you are my friends, and ye shall have an inheritance with me. This, as we talked about before, is the concept of the calling and election made short, that you can know by the uh, revelations of the Holy Ghost or from Jesus Christ himself, that you are sealed up into eternal life. That unless you, you know, commit, uh, uh, you know, unless you were to kill innocent blood, and murder an innocent blood, uh, or deny the Holy Ghost, you are saved into eternal life. That doesn't mean that you will never sin. You can certainly sin. You will certainly need to repent of your sins uh, to restore that spirit in your life, but you have been sealed up unto eternal life. So here he's being, uh, here he, Sidney Rigdon and Frederick D. Williams, ye shall have an inheritance with me. They are receiving their common election. 
made sure, knowing that they are sealed up unto eternal life. Nevertheless, they have things of which they need to repent of, and Jesus expects them to repent of their sins. So in verse 47, you have not kept the commandments and must needs stand rebuked before the Lord. Your family must needs repent and forsake some things and give more earnest heed unto your sayings or be removed out of their place. His family had been pretty remarkable throughout most of the time. You know, uh, Jesus had trouble with his own family. Remember, he even said that the prophets with, uh, you know, not without honor except among his household and among his city and his village and so forth. Those who are more familiar with them have a harder time to accept them as, as being a prophet. So it would have been very hard. There's verses of scripture in the four gospels that talk about that uh, uh, Jesus' brothers and, uh, you know, thought he was out of his mind. They came and tried to stop him from preaching the gospel, thinking that, well, he's just our brother. He can't be this great uh, teacher or this great rabbi, and he certainly can't be the son of God. He's just our brothers. Uh, you know, they, they were mistaken. And it's hard for people to, to know people that are familiar with them personally to accept them as a prophet and so forth. But Joe Smith's family got to give them all the credit in the world. Despite all the revelations and things, They, for the most part, they really stayed faithful with them. But here, I guess, they're saying that they need to give more earnest heed unto his sayings. So they've accepted him always. They always accept him as a prophet, but they needed to give even more earnest heed unto his sayings, or they would remove out of their place. You know, Joe Smith Sr. was called to be the patriarch of the church, so he had an important calling in the church. Uh, Hiram Smith, great calling in the in the church there to help J Joseph Smith. So his family members had good, important callings in the church. So, so you, they would be removed out of their place unless they gave greater heed uh, to Joseph Smith's sayings as he taught them the things he was being taught by God through revelation. 49, what I say unto one, I say unto all. So we've seen that many times throughout the doctrine comes this year. That these revelations, while a lot of them are particular to individuals, that a revelation God gives to one individual is what he gives to all, he's saying here. So that's why these things are applicable to all of us. We don't need to say, oh, well, that's just a revelation for Frederick G. Williams. We don't need to keep our house in order. We don't need to teach our children the gospel, the, the true principles of the gospel. No, the revelation given to Frederick G. Williams here is a revelation given to us. Uh, how we should deal with our children. What I say unto one, I say unto all, pray always lest that wicked one have power in you and remove you out of your place. And 50 here, my servant Newell K. Whitney, also the presiding bishop of the church, hath need to be chastened and set in order his family and see that they are more diligent and concerned at home and pray always or they shall be removed out of their place. Now I say unto you, my friends, what a great thing to be called the friend of God. Now I say unto you, my friends, let my servant Sidney Rigdon go on his journey and make haste and also proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the gospel of salvation as I shall give him utterance. And by your prayer of faith with one consent, I will uphold him. So again, this revelation given to his servants that they are to speak the words that God gives to them through the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, they, they should not spend much time preparing uh, these uh, their teachings and their 
uh, in their lessons and in their talks in church, but they should speak by the gift and power of the Holy Ghost so that what they say shall be the word of God, shall be the will of God and the power of God unto salvation. So he says, uh, that's what he's talking about there. Uh, as I shall give him utterance. And let my servants, Joseph Smith Jr., again testify that Joseph Smith indeed was a prophet of God. Uh, 32, uh, 32 times now since we started uh, counting, uh, what was it, section 41, 43? I have it written down somewhere. But uh, 32 times now. And when, again, that did not include the first 40-something uh, sections of this book. Says, let my servants Joseph Smith Jr. and Frederick G. Williams make haste also, and it shall be given them even according to the prayer of faith. And inasmuch as you keep my sayings, you shall not be confounded in this world or in the world to come. And verily I say unto you that it is my will that you should hasten to, to go faster at this. You know, I'm anxious to bless my children on the earth with the inspired version of the Bible, restoring many precious plain truths that had been cut out from the gospel of God by wicked and conspiring men. I'm God, I'm anxious to, so excited to bless them with these. Please hurry up, finish this translation of the Bible, he's saying here, hasten to translate my scriptures and to obtain a knowledge of history and of countries and of kingdoms or laws of God and man, and all this for the salvation of Zion. Again, I really want to bless my children of the throughout the world. I have restored the gospel. I've restored the priesthood authority to the earth through your hands, the prophet Joseph Smith. Now I want you to study these, uh, study the world, study the countries and languages, and in uh, uh, kingdoms and the laws of God, because I want to get this going. I want to get the missionaries going out throughout all the world to all the nations to teach the gospel for the salvation of Zion, as he says here. So Heavenly Father, always anxious uh, from the beginning of the world to bless us, his children, with uh, what the eye hath not seen, nor the ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man, the wonderful blessings he has in store for the righteous and those who love him. And so I just love those verses of scripture where he always tells them, hurry up, I want to bless the people. He's so anxious, uh, in such a hurry to bless the people. And I extend that invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ to you this day. For those of you who are not yet members of his church and kingdom upon the earth, come, the spirit and the bride say, come, let him that is a thirst, come, come to the waters of life freely. Partake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, his restored kingdom upon the earth. Reach out to the missionaries. I will leave in the description this video once again the description, the, the, click on that link, contact the missionaries, let them know you're ready to accept Jesus Christ. You're ready to come unto him, repent of your sins, and join his kingdom of, of, upon the earth so that God can bless you and uh, let you become a Christian, taking upon yourself the name of Jesus Christ. And our Heavenly Father steps in, gives you a new name, uh, that of a Latter-day Saint, and he will bless you as one of his holy saints. It's wonderful the things that Heavenly Father has in store for you, the blessings, the happiness, the joy, the peace that can be, that can come into your life, knowing that you're becoming a part of his kingdom on the earth. It is priceless. It is priceless. Come, come unto the Lord Jesus Christ.
come and become a baptized member of his church. For, the, for those of you who have fallen into inactivity, drifted away into inactivity, come back. Come back to the joy and happiness. Come back and mingle with the saints of God. Let each other, let, let, let all of you support each other's in their burdens and their trials. Come partake in the fast and testimony meetings and let the and receive that comfort that other people are also going through the trials and tribulations of life and that how and see how God is blessing them and as God blesses them, they will also bless you. And God and Jesus Christ, they will bless you as you go through trials and tribulations of life. I leave my testimony, my witness with you that God really does live. Jesus Christ really did raise from the dead. They love you. They desire to bless you. Let them do so. I testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has been restored to the earth through that great prophet, the prophet Joseph Smith. Come, partake of it, no longer fight against it, no longer reject it, no longer reject God's spirit from your life or reject the promised blessings he has for you. Come and embrace and be happy. I testify and I leave my witness with you in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.